Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Thank you very much indeed for downloading. Uh, no me tonight. This is as much. This is as much as you're going to get. A little quick intro. Been on a well, my own stag day in Madrid for the last couple of days. So not um, not in the best nick for doing a rugby for doing a rugby podcast. And you can probably tell from uh, how hoarse my voice is, uh, the kind of state that I'm in. Uh, but big thanks to Dav good friend of the show who stepped in uh, to fill my boots this week and uh, yes Dan and Dav will be uh, will be reviewing everything from uh, Judgment Day and looking at the, the future of that as a as an event what it could be done to to improve it uh, so yeah big thanks to the boys for uh, for sorting this one out while I'm uh, while I'm on the sidelines this week uh, as always big thanks to our sponsors as well uh, so coffee trades and uh, if you want to get your hands on uh, get your hands on some coffee, head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk. And of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. So uh, yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Make sure you join our Facebook page. Uh, you like that, and um, there's a group as well, which is uh, loads of loads of Welsh rugby chat on there. So get stuck into that. Uh, that's just called Wales Rugby Fans. And if you've enjoyed uh, these podcasts, then leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us out massively and just makes it a bit easier for, for people to find us. So, uh, yeah, if you can do that, then it's always appreciated and we'll always give you a shout out. Um, I'll be back next week. In the meantime, I'm off to, to lie down in a, in a dark corner. Good evening and welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. This week there's no Jed as he's probably slumped looking like a pineapple after his stag do. Joined by Dav Pugh-Williams. Dav, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Dav. Long time no speak. I know, it's not for the lack of trying. Where have you been? <laughs> you haven't been calling me, mate. I've been dodging you. Oh, I don't know about that. Hopefully you'll be uh, you'll be coming on a bit more now next season. So we'll go straight into fact or fiction. Hit me with uh, a number one to five. Three, the tight head shirt. Three, okay. 
The Cardiff Blues, making 13 changes for the game against the Ospreys, will be pleased with the scoreline despite losing. Fact or fiction? Well, yeah, as any sports team, it's got to be fiction. They, you know, no one's going to be happy with the loss, even if, uh, even if they did make all those changes. Do you think that, um, in terms of obviously the Ospreys absolutely dominated possession, didn't they? They didn't have to make that many tackles compared to the uh, compared to the Blues. Yet, to be to be fair, the Blues could have actually could have actually won that game with making thirteen changes. It's, it's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a lot, isn't it, of changes though? Well, I have to I have to be fair to Danny Wilson. You know, the the eyes are on the prize now. He's done the first thing, which is qualify for the Champions Cup next season. This game was a total dead rubber for the Blues, and with. Um, Bill Bow in mind, I think rotating the squad and keeping everyone fit and giving Felice his uh, final bow in his home, home, on his home track, I think was a nice thing to do. He's got to be one of your favourite players, isn't he? Well, he's an absolute warrior. I read an article earlier that, uh, apart from Brad Thorne, has there been a man with more longevity and more consistency in the game? I, I think you'd struggle to find a man. He's going to be a big loss, isn't he, for them? Well, enormous when you consider we haven't made any signings for next year yet. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll probably come on to that a little bit later on, in one way or another. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with fact though on that. I'm gonna go against you because I think the Blues, the Blues would be pretty pleased with um, with that result considering making that many changes. There was a lot of youngsters out on the park, so um, yeah, we'll go our different ways on that. Hit me with another number. Uh, one, Lou said. Okay, over the years, there's been no bigger match winner than Daniel Bigger for the Ospreys. Fact or fiction? It's a tricky one, this, because who, what do you define as a match winner? Is it the guy who scores the gla- the try in the corner, or is it the guy who slots the conversion afterwards? For me, you look at bigger. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. Over two thousand points in the region. That's more than double anyone else who's got close to him. You think back down the years, twenty twelve. Uh, what was I think then? The Magnus League final. He slots the conversion from the touchline for them to beat Leinster in the final, 31-30. You know, he's got uh, more drop goals for the club than anyone else. So he's been in the pressure situations. He's been there and done it. And, you know, he's only just behind Paul James in terms of the number of games. Um, he's played over 220 games, I think, for the club. Paul James on 2-3-2. So he's been there for a hell of a long time. He's delivered championships. And I think the only other person who come close to him in terms of match winners is the region's top try scorer, Shane Williams, who's got 57. But even that really pales in significance to what Big has offered them. So you're going with fact, do you? Fact. Yeah, I'm going with fact. It's going to be, it's going to be such a loss in the uh, next season when you think that they seem to be they seem to be playing so much better now and they're, they're far better organised, aren't they? They seem to have, have some good systems. And just as that's starting to come into play, off, off, you know, off he goes. I think he's going to be... He's going to be such a big loss for the Ospreys, and we won't we won't know, will we, until he's not there. But they haven't made a big replacement at ten, have they? And they're not going to, by the looks of it. So, well, it feels very different to when Bigger came through, doesn't it? When Bigger came through, Hook was the man in the, in the possession of the shirt. Hook headed off to pastures new, but there wasn't too much of a panic because Bigger came in, stepped in, and did a fantastic job. You look at the backup alternatives now. Hook, ironically, is now back there, but isn't the same player he was when he left. And then you've yeah. got Sam Davis, who, let's be honest, has blown hot and cold. So, for me, combined with the fact that if Webb was staying, at least you have a bit of consistency at halfback, 
but you're losing Webb as well. It feels like the Ospreys could uh, could stall a little bit. There's a risk there, isn't there? Oh yeah, enormously. I mean, I think they got is it Luke Price as well. He's 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 floating around, isn't it? But there's no there's no one that has the consistency the bigger the bigger brings. So um, yeah, I think it's a real shame that he's leaving. But equally, you can't blame him, can you? After giving such an incredible amount of his time um, over to the Ospreys. No, he, deser- he deserves the big contract, doesn't he? I'm glad he's gone from a Wales perspective to England rather than France. There's a bit more conditioning in that league and I think there's a bit more competitive. So it'd be great to see him play at the highest level week in, week out. And let's be honest, the mark of the man will be what he does at Northampton because that club's in total disarray. Huge turnover of players and coaching staff. If he can go in there and make a positive impact, especially inheriting the shirt off Myler, who's been there for, I think, a decade then that will tell you how good a player he really is. Do you back him to make it to, to, to the rise of the challenge as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you look at the centre partnership, the guy's playing outside him, someone like Burwell at 12, he can put his head down and get over the hard get, get the hard metres. And then also some of the exciting outside backs he's got to play with. I think, you know, it's set up from there with the new coaching system they've got in place and a great head coach that I think Cardiff wanted. I think they could do some real damage next year and be a bit of a surprise team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So, okay, we're both going with, we're both going with fact on that. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to to say anything other than fact, isn't it? Really. Um. Okay, hit me with another number. Uh, hooker two. Two. Okay. So there's a lot of been a lot of chat about this on on social media over the weekend. The the Judgment Day games should be played at the beginning of the season as opposed to the end. Fact or fiction? I'm gonna say fact for the pure reason that. Given the, the business end of the season and pretty much most of the games, though the Scarlets are a little bit riding on it, they are pretty much dead rubbers. I think start of the season, re-engage everyone with the players, everyone's had a good pre-season, no one's resting anyone or worrying about rotation. I think a real big uh, bonanza in Cardiff to kick the Pro 14 off is exactly what it needs. Yeah, do you think also that in terms of sort of, yeah, I suppose getting people, you know, getting people engaged really with the, you know, with with sort of regional rugby, and then also it'll have an effect on internationals as well, won't it? Because if you put on a real showstopper of a of a of a of a match, and also the entertainment, which is something you're big on, isn't it? Sort of bringing through new, you know, new interest. Um, surely that can only that can only help the game. It can. I think you look at the how well the double headers worked for the Aviva Premiership. They've brought in multiple other games at Twickenham. I think there's something called the big game there. They had the Boxing Day game for Harlequins there on the back of it. That's showing you, you know, the potential of these things if you get them right. My uh, my big question for the WRU is, we got, we see stadiums that are two-thirds full throughout the autumn series because they put that extra game on. I'd rather see three really quality test matches over that autumn period and being a December game, and instead, let's have an extra big game. One at the start of the season to launch it, and then another derby section somewhere else in the season in the Millennium Stadium again. Yeah, okay. Interesting. But, I mean, a lot of the the WRU have said in that fourth game brings in a, a big amount of revenue that, uh, that then feeds out to help. But if but it, I don't understand it, though, because if you look at it, none of the grounds have got more than 60,000 in during the Autumn Internationals. If you had three at 80,000, you get an extra 20,000 apart from those. And then, you know, you, the WRU are renting the ground to the regions, filling it again with an extra event. Surely they can make that work. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, okay, I'm going to, and so linked, sort of linked to this, to that, that last fact or fiction is um, 
the the Judgment Day games appeal to so-called new fans, but we risk losing so-called real fans. Fact or fiction? This one would appeal to you, I'm sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fiction. Fiction, yeah. Why? So I got the stat pad out. Brimmore's lent me it, and. Uh, <laughs> If you, if you look at the attendances of all our regions, I've been looking over the last couple of years, you know, they all pretty much get, their lowest attendance ever is about four or 5,000. Typically, Zebra, Benetton, um, it'll now be the Kings for the next five years, probably. You know, we've got four or 5,000 people turn up to every region, regardless of the weather, regardless who we're playing, regardless of form. So there are sort of core fans, and as long as we treat them well and with, with respect... They're always going to be there. What's undoubted, though, is when the teams are playing better, and we've talked about this in the past, the attendances grow. And you think about when the Blues were firing, when Xavier Rush and Tito were there, they had full houses a lot of the time. If you look at the Scarlets, the Scarlets' average attendance this year has grown by 2,000 people on the back of their success last year. So they're they're showing you that when the team works well and is performing, people are willing to come because they're willing to pay their money. So if you think about that, I think the more people we can get at Judgment Day, getting into the into our clubs and seeing the game, the better it is because it's a recruitment vehicle for the future fans. Those four or four or five thousand that go week in week out are the absolute lifeblood of the club, and we shouldn't insult them, and we should definitely nurture and look after those guys, make them feel really valued. But I think in terms of recruiting to your point, next generation. You know, Cardiff City, Swansea City average 20,000 every single week. There are people in South Wales willing to spend money on going to sports events if they're of good enough quality. And whilst the Judgment Day may not be up everyone's street in terms of the atmosphere or what it is as a spectacle, the reality is that people are paying every single year we're getting about 60,000 in. People are enjoying that event and they're coming to watch our clubs. So it's got to continue, yeah? Absolutely. I do. I would do two of them a year. It was re- it was reportedly there was sixty two thousand three hundred and thirty eight there, which there's big numbers. It's brilliant. If you look at uh, you know in the Pro Twelve, you look at the, the attendance numbers. The Blues are seventh over the season. Drags are eleventh. Osprey's sixth, and our Scarlets fourth. So the big three Irish clubs, Leinster, Munster, and Ulster, they are the ones bringing you know hundreds of thousands of people through the gates, and they use the uh, Aviva um, Stadium in Dublin to really good effect. We are trailing them by sort of 50,000, 60,000 people. But when you put that game on, it's the highest attended match in the Pro 14. So we, they, we're getting bums on seat for that event, like those uh, the Ulster, Munster and Leinster are doing in their grounds. So actually, for me, it's a massive, massive opportunity for us to recruit more people into these brands. So would you say that more needs to be, like the Judgment Day game needs to be analysed hard then to, to look at why that's... Why that's attracted that number of people? Well, I I think it's 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 proven people want to go and do that, isn't it? It doesn't. It's not everyone's cup of tea, and I think that's also okay because it is it isn't going to be the same experience of going down to Stradi or going down to um, Rodney Parade. It's gonna it's a different type of event, but the clearly is appetite for a day like that on the beers in the big stadium. Yeah, because a lot of people have said, haven't they, that the atmosphere was poor. It was just people on, you know, it was you know stag dues hen parties, things like that. Does does that matter? Is well, it is it you know this is what annoys me because who is anyone to tell people how to enjoy the rugby game? Yeah. If people want to go and have a couple of beers, let them have a couple of beers. If they want to sit there and analyse the game, then let them analyse the game. And if they're if they're not if 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 they're just talking all the way through the game but they've paid their money, then 
that's their choice. Well, I think the one thing I'd say is I, when I was in um, went to a Queensland Reds game a few ge- years ago when they were back at Ballymore, and they used to stick all their students on the two ends of the pitch on the grass and the hills really boisterous really good atmosphere and then the families and and the hardcore spectators were in the in the stands on the side if you could work out a zoning principle where basically the people who want to go and get on the beers all day all together like the south stand of the hong kong sevens and it's, it becomes infamous that area for having a great day out but then you have a family area you have a core supporters area as well that could be a way to solve it because mm. we all agree that not everyone wants to go there and be on the beers for two games of rugby, but there are people who quite rightly feel they want to be. So I think getting this, the stadium zoning right is absolutely fundamental to making it work. Yeah, I think we could be we could be heading that way, couldn't we? Because there's so many people talking about being, you know, upset about um, you know, drinking people continually drinking through the game, having to having to get up out of the seats, use the toilets, whatever. Um, did you? I don't know whether you heard Jed's. Uh, Jed was so disappointed with the atmosphere in the last few games that he 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 he, he suggested maybe having a uh, like a singing a singing section which uh, I think um is potentially a step too far but it just shows that people are thinking thinking differently because it's not you know it's not what it was well, I tell you what, if you look at the south stand of the Hong Kong Sevens, you don't need to have an official singing section. Ten pints of brains, I say, and everyone's singing on their own. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, OK, the last um, the last fact of fiction is the Dragons have had a very tough season, but are developing some good youngsters. Um, so just to sort of support that, you know, we've got, you know, Jared Rosser, Arthur Robson D., if we can call him young, Joe Davis, Harris Keddy, Aaron Wainwright, Babos. Um, is there any, any, any truth in that? Well, yeah, they're definitely developing people, but it's, it's not out of choice, is it? It's out of necessity. The squad's absolutely um, tiny. They've had a load of injuries this year, as so they're having to reach into the academy to pull these guys through. And it's, it's obviously not translating to results, but you think two, three years down the line, once they've got all these rock star signings coming in alongside these kids they could be exciting yeah. i mean the good thing for wales though we've seen a bit of um we've seen a bit of benefit haven't we brown d they both come through this year and they they look really exciting for us yeah yeah so yeah i mean it, 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 it was never gonna you know exposing that many youngsters was only only ever going to end in in heavy some heavy losses though wasn't it really you, mm. you just can't you know we saw it we've seen it with to be fair, we've seen it with all the regions when they put out, um, you know, weakened second or third string sides. The the regions have been have been blown away, um, and I made a point a couple of weeks back that, you know, the dragons have you know to flip it on its head. Have they, have they done fairly well in some of these games considering the injury problems that they've got on the squad, the lack of squad depth. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that. Um, you know it's going to be very interesting isn't it next year for the for the dragons and you know it's been talked about that you know just wait for next season but i think it's they've they've made some they've made some cute signings haven't they but there's still a few more needed um i think the one the one i'd say and i think he he goes under the radar if this guy was playing down at exeter in the back row we'd be heralding him as like the next big thing Benjamin, the guy who plays a flank or number yeah. eight for them, you know, he's, t- he's only 24. He's played 50 times to the region. He's been doing this for so three or four years now. Every time, well yeah, every time he plays, he's physical. He's an absolute nuisance to play against. And whilst he's probably not box office and he may not get a Welsh cap, I guarantee you, if he's playing the other side of the bridge, people will be talking about him. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. So you, do you think there's there's, you know, there's a bit of optimism then for the Dragons next season? I mean, this this probably leads fairly nicely onto um, any other business and and Aaron Jarvis signing for the Dragons, who I think you're a big fan of. Well, firstly, before we talk about the Dragons, as a Blues fan, with Scott Andrews still refusing to go into the uh, the night quietly, not to have signed a tight end prop when Felice seems to be retiring, is devastating. This, the is, fact this is a painful one. Oh, it's you. really painful. I mean, he's been in Clermont, a great scrummaging team for two years in France. He's got a bit of pedigree. The, Os- the Ospreys team he played in and did well in was a brilliantly scrummaging side. And to have him not be considered for the Blues, probably because of the coaching disaster we've currently got and the fact we can't afford our rent on the car park, is an absolute nightmare. But I think, you know, he's a great signing for the Dragons. We we said a couple of weeks, didn't we? Yeah. They're short, a tight head, a couple of locks, and it looks like they, they're starting to sort that out. Yeah, there's a lock, I think, to be announced fairly soon, isn't there? Um, which will be good. So, yeah, I was, I was having a chat with, with Kai earlier and he was... He was yeah, singing. You and your celebrity friends. <laughs> he was singing. Um, he was singing Jarvis's praises, saying you know technically very good. You then look at him going up alongside. Um, well, well, firstly with D. Yeah. And also with Hibbard, and then Bevington coming in. It's starting to come there, isn't it? It is. They still look a bit thin, though. If you if you ask me, there's a lot of big names coming in. Is it going to work from day one? Is my question. You know they're under a lot of pressure, Jack, but he's an awful year here. And if they have a bad start to next season and don't get the results in the first five games, there are going to start being questions asked, aren't there? Yeah, well, I think the the pressure will come on purely because he's he's he keeps on referring to to next year, whereas maybe um, maybe if you if he'd gone further than that, then it takes it, it would take some of the pressure off. But I can understand why he said just wait till next year because the pressure's been so so great, doesn't he? You just need to defend it, but. It's bound to. It's going to take time, isn't it? But it's not going to be. Um, it's not going to come through instantly. I wouldn't have thought because they've got. There's so many players leaving and so many new players coming in that just to to make everything gel, um, it's highly unlikely, isn't it? It is. I mean, th- let's be honest. If they got anywhere near the playoffs next year, it would be remarkable because, as we said, they probably still need a second lock to come in. They probably need a ten, 10 and yeah. they probably need some sort of another centre already. So that's with in addition to all these big names, quote unquote, coming in. So anything close to playoffs next year should be seen as a remarkable season for them. They've had their worst season, I think, in years this year. Is it one, two wins? Two wins, I think, yeah. So yeah. if they get anywhere close to sort of eight wins next year, seven wins, that would be a remarkable season for them. Yeah. Were you surprised that um, Tubby wasn't? Uh picked up on a sort of um you know pay as you play or by by any of the regions or do you think it was his you know because he, he, he played well for for edinburgh didn't he when he when he had a run out well i'm surprised he didn't get picked up by a professional side you know the dragons would have been a natural thought for him but clearly something didn't go right there maybe maybe they don't have the budget for as many players we think, but you know he's he's. Or was it his decision? Maybe, maybe it's his, his decision. Maybe it's his decision. To, but to come out to come out of the game. Having looked at some of the tens in the in the pro fourteen this year, and you know looking at the money that's over in France, even in the second division, I'm surprised he didn't uh, have another contract in him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, and then coming and then uh, another point. So to Jeff Hassler, um, free agent, been you know been a very good signing, isn't he for the. Uh, for the Ospreys over the last sort of four or five seasons. Where do you think he'll end up? 
I don't know, but it's a bit of DTH Van der Merder, his um, Canadian uh, colleague about yeah. him, isn't there? You know, hard running, no Fairly nonsense. Hard running. He's it, going straight through that wall. He, he is. I mean, he talk, everyone talks about what a great season Alan Bruce had this year at Bath. You know, players, player of the players, season. Yeah, yeah. But he could do a similar sort of job for any of those Aviva Premiership clubs in the right wing. I doubt he's as expensive as some of the more glamorous signings, but he certainly gets the job done. His only problem has been his fitness, hasn't it? He's had a couple of unlucky injuries. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he'll definitely get picked up by Summer, won't he? And yeah, it seems to be a, a sort of firm favourite, than not he, down, at the, uh, down west there at the Ospreys. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's hope he gets picked up by someone. Um, any, other, any other points that you want to you wanna talk about? I know off air you touched, uh, you touched slightly upon the sort of the Welsh coaches, a bit of chat about where are all the Welsh coaches? Yeah, so I, I just I saw this in a paper today and I just thought it's really interesting that they went back to a cracking photo of Lynn Howells, Ruddock and Lynn Jones, etc. when regional rugby came in and there was meant to be this pipeline of talent of coaches and players. And you look today, we've got Pivak, Jackman Clark and the new Aussie at Cardiff all coming through. None of them are Welsh. And there was this panicked article in one of the papers about... Have you know where's the where's the where's all the Welsh talent coaching coming through, and I just had a bit of a thought a reflection on this afternoon. I thought you know we do have some great coaches, a lot of them involved either in national teams or in other countries. You know John Humphreys went up to Scotland and then you have you got Peel at Ulster, you have got John Thomas over at Bristol, and you die young in the playoffs with Wasps. Uh, Lynn's obviously just yeah. finished up in Romania, but. The thing is, if you look at the ages of all these coaches we've currently got in our regions, they all retired around 20 years ago. So they've been playing at the very start of professional rugby. They've all been successful. Clark at the Ospreys won the Heineken Cup as a player. He's won the league with Ulster as a coach. You know, Jackman is rated very highly by, I believe, Gatland. But, you know, he played in a successful team. And Pivak, obviously, Kiwi, and the Aussie at Cardiff, obviously playing in an era where those teams were dominating world rugby. Look at our players from 97, 98, 99. Wales were pretty abject in the Six Nations. And actually, the players, they were good, and the ones who played rugby league particularly, have gone on to do very well. The guys who really were professional, like Howley, Die Young, you know, um, Joe Humphreys, Jenkins, etc., Byron Hayward... They've done very well, but there was a lot of dross in the 90s versus players. Do we really expect players who are average on the pitch to be brilliant coaches? Yeah, but then on the flip side of that, there are. It, you don't have to be a fantastic player, do you, to be a, to to be a good coach? Um, <coughs> but it's a, yeah, it's an it's an interesting point. What do you think? What do you think we should do then to get some of the, you know, some of the the Welsh coaches back in back in the four? Because there are a lot of. You know a lot of guys that you mentioned there that are either overseas playing in you know coaching the slightly lower leagues. Do you think we need to do anything, or do you think it's just they just need to keep doing what they're doing where they are? So, firstly, I totally agree with you. A great player doesn't make a great coach. But if you look at the attitude of some of our players, the dawn of professionalism, so the environment, the, yeah, yeah, the environment, yeah. the smoking, the drinking, you know, the arguments with Graham Henry about only having one night out a week, you know, that sort of stuff was archaic and you know the guys who did well they must have had a brilliant time <laughs> getting paid to go on the beers but you know that sort of stuff wasn't right and the players who got their heads around professionalism are the ones who are now the coaches I think um, having, having said all that what's the role for us well I think if you look at the other models around the, around the world the under 20s were a massive pathway for us you know Hayward was at the 20s before wasn't he yeah. and he, yeah. he's done very well strangely than I was and he so yeah. 
I think using the 20s is brilliant. There's a big role for the assistant coaches. You know, most of the guys I just named are assistant coaches in different leagues. And ultimately, all the clubs and the regions, rather, are still care, still care about one thing, not Wales, about actually winning games. So we've got to give people the opportunity to demonstrate they can they can handle the hot seat once they get into it. Yeah, good points. Good points. Um, Thanks, mate. <laughs> we'll... Um, yeah, we'll move off there then on any other business. Then we'll 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 head over to um, a Drags team of the week. Have you got the uh, have you got that up there for us to have a little I've, run through? I've got it on the app you sent me, Dan. Superb. Couple, couple other things on you I won't mention. Jed, yeah, Jed hasn't left me the uh, the microphone, so uh, I've got this little tape player running here, which uh, was about as good as it gets for me on the technology side. So a Drags team of the week is Matthew Morgan, fifteen. We happy with that? We are, unusually for me. He, he, they played right into his hands, didn't challenge him too much with a tackle and let him run all day. Did he uh, possibly uh, fell a lot? Well, he didn't didn't get anywhere near bigger, did he, when he when he danced through? But then Anscombe was uh, was was possibly at fault, only for stepping up in the line. But okay, we're happy with with Morgan. Jeff Astler at fourteen. Yeah, can't yeah. argue with that. Uh, Garen Smith took his try well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Garen Smith. Looks good, doesn't he? Always looks good. And the, 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 the blues look even better when he's there. 12, Steve Shingler. Lovely little dink through. Yeah, I mean, not a great day for the 12s, but he's probably still up above the rest of them. Okay, so he's in. 11, Steph Evans. Yeah, fair. 10, Dan Bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. super. Lloyd, Lloyd Williams. Yeah. Cowboys boy has to be in there. Jed won't be happy with that, mind. Rob Evans was superb. Was superb in the uh, in the scrum, wasn't he? But I, I should let you talk about the scrummage. Well, I? I thought the Scarlet set piece in the hole. Their driving line out was brilliant as well. He, when he keeps his opinions to himself and doesn't lose his head, he is fantastic and he's really developing. Does that frustrate play. you then when he sort of uh, berate? You know, well, it's a bit of you have to take the rough, the smooth, don't you? It's probably part of the thing that makes him great, but it is frustrating to see. Yeah. Okay, good. Scott Otten, yeah. number two. Possibly set piece was great. Yeah, very happy. He was lively, wasn't he? He was, uh, yeah, like uh, like a rocket all around the park. Samson Lee at three. Yeah, you're a big, solid. You're a big fan of him. I know you've got ferrets at the back like he has. <laughs> uh, Lewis Rawlins at four. I thought both the Scarlet's locks, they got Cummins in a five, haven't they? Yeah. They talked on Sky incessantly about them being the second-choice players, but... I thought Rawlings and Cummins worked really well together. Line-out set-piece was immaculate, and they, they did a big shift around the pass. Have you seen Rawlings have a poor game? Whenever he plays, he seems to go really well, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy who tries to take every single opportunity yeah. given to him. He's brilliant. I'm still loving that uh, that tackle he put on when he rattled um, uh, Johnny Sexton. Oh, yeah. Shame uh, shame about the other weekend, though, wasn't it? Um, six Tygburn. Yeah, what a loss he's going to be, eh? Um, I hope yeah. he doesn't do a Copeland, go over there and not play, because he is absolutely brilliant. He is, yeah, top player. Seven, Ollie Robinson. He, My God, he had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the Cardiff Blues, isn't it? If you look at what Edinburgh are doing, they're clearing out where they've got um, too many players in one position. The Blues are taking the other, position, other approach, which basically is, we've got a load of world-class sevens, let's sign another one somehow it's working and the one signing we made this year he has been brilliant whilst the other guys have been injured he's probably be, he's been the best the, the best signing isn't he surely and he was only brought in wasn't he a short term cover yeah made such an impact that just 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 had to you know had to re-sign him and he, he, he he's he carries he carries well doesn't he he's in amongst absolutely everything there's not much of him no um, but, but he's a complete nuisance and um, he, he even sort of 
even sort of links up with the backs fairly well. He's he's a really good player, isn't he? And in terms of um, his value now and worth, I mean, it's absolutely gone through the roof, isn't it? Oh, from where it was before. He's brilliant. He, he just shows you how much talent there is in the uh, championship in England. Some really good players coming out of there. And, you know, for him, I'm delighted. You know, it's his first chance to be a professional player at the top level. And he's taken it with both hands. Again, a little a little tip for, for Danny Wilson. You know, I mean, I just think he's done unbelievably well. It'll be interesting to get your take quickly on, on Danny Wilson as a Cardiff fan, Cardiff Blues fan, rather. Um how well has he done with with next to next to no backroom staff? I've, him and Sherrett together have done a brilliant job. You know, when Sherrett got hired by Wilson, no one really knew who he was. He the between the two of them, they haven't got a defence coach. It looks like Southern Taylor's doing the condition and fitness for them, and yet somehow they've got all our goals of the three three year plan ticked. We we win in Bilbao, and I think they've overachieved. So it's incredibly sad for him to be moving on as a Blues fan for me. And you do wonder, given the blue set piece has been exposed at times during the last couple of weeks, how what how things may have been different this year if we had signed Van der Murder and not got and not let him go to the London Irish. Yeah, well, for starters, Danny Wilson probably would still be there as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's but, disappointing. Um, yeah, sorry, that's a, that's a sad sad time. Thanks, pal. Uh, and number eight, James King. Now, I, I. Uh, I'm very happy with James King. I thought he had a superb game. I think you've uh, you're not his biggest fan, are you? And we've had a few tete-a-tetes regarding him in the past. Yeah, but I mean, um, he played well, didn't he? He did, and I'm sure the minute he retires, I'll be in Chesterton's queue doing a negotiation. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So uh, all in all, I think we haven't uh, we haven't we haven't disagreed with any. Any of the selections by a drag, usually there's. I like uh, you, Dan. Not disagree with anyone. That's uh, usually there's one, there's one or two in there, but um, happy with that. So um, yeah, slightly different, slightly different with, uh, you know, me and you, Dad, running the running the show tonight. Hope everyone's enjoyed, and um, it'll probably be uh, be back to myself and Jed next week. That's it, for me, is it? I'm off now. You're off. Yeah, we'll see you in about eight months. Thanks, pal. Podcast Network.